This is the business of sports. Should Major League Baseball shorten up the season? How do we present football to the audience of the future? I don't think that most players understand the power that they have. Michael Barr. The future of IndyCar racing is looking bright. Scott Soshnick. Very basic math here. More bidders means more money. Evan Novi Williams. The team value has essentially quadrupled. And the leaders in the sports industry. Time to bring in our guest, Hal Steinbrenner. National Hockey League Commissioner Gary Bettman. Atlanta Braves President Derek Schiller. Patriots President Jonathan Kraft. Bloomberg Business of Sports. From Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Michael Barr, sans Evan Novi Williams. And this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. And today, see... Sad I, day. Evan I, dropped his phone, by the way. He dropped his phone? He was on a bike. He was biking, and the phone dropped. The whole thing cracked, so oh, he's no. been incommunicado. I think he borrowed somebody's phone to let me know that this happened. So he's got to buy a new phone. He's going to get a new phone in Boise. I hope he has insurance. I, I, if I know Eben, and I do, there's no <laughs> he way he has insurance. insurance. There's zero chance he's got insurance. Oh, man. Oh, Eben. Well, come back home You know, You know who could lend him some money to get the insurance and the phone? I bet you is somebody... Who uh, is in the Dallas area. Someone in the Dallas area. That's a hint. (laughs) Ezekiel Elliott, uh, $90 million reportedly for the contract. Uh, If you were a big-time fantasy player, when I say big-time, as in I just love the hobby, uh, and you gambled on taking Ezekiel Elliott a few weeks ago, hoping that he would sign? Oh, you knew he'd sign. It, well, you knew it. He played it perfectly. No training camp, no preseason games. Frankly, if I owned an NFL team, I don't think I'd have my guys hitting much in training camp. No two-a-day stuff. Certainly no starters in preseason games. I mean, I, I just don't understand. <laughs> That's what how Green these guys, Bay did. Yeah, I just don't understand how <laughs> folks haven't come around to this. Uh, and how do you want to look at this bar? You, you can look at it from the Elliott point of view. The running back point of view, the Jerry Jones point of view. How do you want to do this? Well, uh, there are so many areas. Let's start with the Jerry Jones point of view first. He was just on Bloomberg right. TV. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so Jerry said, you know, in typical Gerald fashion, oh, yeah, I'm happy to have him back. He's a he's a leader in the locker room, but I'm almost $100 million lighter. Oh, boo-hoo, Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I get the feeling he's going to make that back up. Something tells me a couple of wins, yeah. E- even if they don't win. That's the amazing thing about the Dallas Cowboys. Even if they don't win, they still make tons of money. Now what has happened, and and this is what, forgive me for saying, Mr. Jones, I hope you realize this, you are now the talk, your team, the talk of the season because you have Zeke back. Ah, he's always used to that. But what really interested me and – for, I want people to really understand what goes on in the mind of owners and and how they look at the landscape. He was asked sort of just about the the NFL as a product, and he was talking. Well, most media companies, he didn't say sports league. He views the <laughs> NFL as a media company, yeah. and then he went into talk about how well we even play at a great time of year. We're on the air in the fourth quarter. That and that's not fourth quarter of games. Right. We're in the fourth quarter <laughs> of the year. Yeah. You know, Thanksgiving, Christmas. That's when advertisers really want to reach those consumers. I mean, that's how he's viewing this. That's how people have to start thinking about these sports leagues. They are giant media companies. And the NFL is going to have new deals in 2022. Can you imagine with how with the importance that they are to the linear TV networks? And then you've even got these the Fangs and DAZN, everybody waiting in the wings. And I don't know if they'll be real bidders. 
But you know they want to get a piece in there. You know they want an in with the NFL. All of them. And you've got the wireless carrier, the telcos. Uh, you just see the value of these teams skyrocket. Well, that's what I'm getting at about with Ezekiel Elliott, and now you are really the talk of the league. Like you said, you wait until the fourth quarter now, as in when we get towards the holidays and the Cowboys are now making a playoff run, which they will with Ezekiel Elliott, and hopefully they'll get uh, Dak Prescott all squared away too. They'll take care of that. All right, let, let, let's talk enough on the running back point of view because you don't often want to spend a lot, a lot of money on running backs because it's such, as they say in the movies, fragile. You know? <laughs> but on the plus for Zeke, he's 24 years old. And that's why from a running back perspective, I'm on his side. Hold out as long as you need to. Get your money now. Because after you take another few seasons of beatings on your shoulders, knees, hips, ankles, this money may not be there for you. So you always look at what's guaranteed in the NFL, right? So this is being 90, whatever. The guaranteed part of the extension, $50 million. Good cash. He was under contract through 2020 for almost four, nine million next season. So good money. But when you start seeing high is paid and this and that, throw that all out because let's just see how much guaranteed he puts in his pocket. Exactly. The guarantee is is the key part. And something else that's important too, because you have two big time running backs that were holding out. Ezekiel Elliott, of course, he just settled. And now Melvin Gordon. Uh, with the Rams, is like, what happens? Because he doesn't have the leverage that Ezekiel Elliott has. So I, I, and I, And I get what he's trying to do, but I'm wondering if this is going to be another Le'Veon Bell moment. It's a, it's a fine calculus bar. Yes, you need running backs. The question is, how much in a salary cap world is there value to be spent elsewhere on a running back? Maybe not quite as talented, but in the bigger scheme of, uh, of your analytics of your salary cap, how much do I want to devote to the running back instead of, say, a left guard, a left tackle? That's the game these days. Yeah. And speaking of the NFL, Forbes came out with the valuation of NFL teams. Gee, guess who's number one? Yeah, guess who's number one. And when you say Cowboys number one, you got to start looking worldwide franchises number one. I mean, what did they peg? Uh, what did they peg their uh, the what Cowboys? Five point five bill. Five point five billion dollars and one of the big reasons is the cowboys uh let's see how many straight years 13 straight years they've they've topped the list more importantly because of course everybody shares the national revenue here's where the dallas cowboys separate themselves from everybody else at&t stadium which is what i call the cash register they lead the nfl in revenue from suites club seats sponsorship and non-nfl stadium events that thing is generating cash flow every day of the year and most importantly to gerald jones he does not share that money with the others that's the back part of it oh. the, the non uh, sporting events that come there all the concerts and all the other stuff i'm amazed people pay big dollars to go tour that thing it's a stadium no well you know what my, my wife as everybody knows if you've listened to the show she's a big 49ers fan when the old candlestick park was still around and it was the Windle last stick. season windlestick park yep windlestick mm-hmm. and she wanted to go. She wanted just to see the park. We didn't go because we just missed the chance because we couldn't get in. And you couldn't get her two tickets to go. We see could not play. get two tickets to go see Candlestick when it was the last season for the 49ers. No there. wonder she has some pent up disdain for you. <laughs> Sorry, Linda, but if, now I know where it comes from. What do you mean you couldn't get two tickets? We were we were in San Francisco. We asked the concierge. Can we get two tickets? That, to g- that was the extent of your attempt to get two tickets 
to a baseball game for your wife. You no, ask the I'm, concierge. I'm, no, I'm talking for the 49ers, man. Or the Niners. Or that, that, she that. wanted to see the 40, and, and yeah, pretty much. And I just kind of left it alone. Being a Lions fan, it's like, Ugh. baby, that's terrible. Friend of the program, Al Guido, if you're listening, <laughs> let us get Linda into Levi Stadium. I know, it's not Windlestick, but maybe Michael Barr can somehow make it up to her because this is, the only word that comes to mind is pathetic. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Give me some. Who are the other teams? By the a- way, followed by the Patriots, the Giants, the Rams, and the 49ers. And by the way, you can go two ways here. The Patriots Stadium, have you been down Route down 1? Gillette? Yeah, yeah, Gillette. I, I I don't have the number in front of me, but it's not one of these like two, three, four, five billion dollar stadiums like Kroenke's building. It costs like 400 million, three, 400 million bucks. I mean, that's how the Patriots chose to go. Amazing that it doesn't have all the bells and whistles you can add on, but they own the land. They're looking to add some retail around, the restaurants. Very interesting, by the way. My sister is a uh, Patriots season ticket holder. She got an email. What are the options you have? They're trying to ease the ingress and egress because it is bad on Route 1. You can have a full season parking pass, but in one of the lots. You can do the regular, but of course, but in one of the lots – but you have to wait 75 minutes. I think it was 75. I'm going by memory here. 75 minutes after the game ends to leave. Huh, well. But it also says, why don't you go to the restaurant? Why, you know, that's you what go, this go is all about. Since we've got you. <laughs> right. Well, you can do that or you can sit in traffic for 45 minutes to an hour trying to get out there. So, so they're just saying, hey. you know, here's, a, here's an option. That actually is a very smart idea. Good idea, idea right? Uh, we should have thought of that. Uh, if we owned the team, we probably we would have. <laughs> uh, this is your story. And uh, when I when I first read it, I'm like, wow, this is pretty good. And this is going to lead the way, I think, in many other uh, sport teams down the road. Uh, NBA, uh, the league is looking into uh, a financial instrument to buy minority stakes. Now, you need to explain that. Yeah, let, let me just say this. They are looking into. Right. It, it is just... Peaking, let's see if this works. But they did send a memo. The, the league executive did send a memo to all the owners. Uh, this all stems from that several limited partners, or LPs as they're known, had tried to sell their stakes recently and could not get the number they wanted. As we've said, with the valuations going so high, who's going to pay all this money for a limited partner stake where you get no board seat, no governance? It's a lot of money for not a lot of stuff. So this is across sports now. Folks are having trouble getting out of these positions. So the league is saying, hmm, perhaps we should create a financial a financial vehicle, whereas we, as the league, can buy these limited position stakes from any of all teams. It, it could be the Rockets. It could be the Knicks. It could be the Warriors. It could be the Jazz. It could be the Spurs. You're try, you have somebody trying to get out. We can acquire it. And then, listen, maybe down the road there's somebody who's looking to buy in, and then they can get it to that person. So they're looking to... Uh, just bolster the values of those limited partner positions for their their stakeholders around the league. Why wouldn't this catch on like wildfire? Uh, you, who knows? Let's see what the owners have to say. I, I talked to Mark Cuban. Well, I emailed with Mark Cuban uh, before I was writing it, and, and Mark was funny when he said, I didn't really respond to the league because it doesn't affect me. I don't care. So, wow. No LP, he's a majority owner, but he was just like, yeah, so whatever. Um this is going to be uh, very interesting, and they're asking for feedback today. By the, uh, as a matter of fact, was the deadline for owners to get back. So maybe I'll make some calls and see what the owners said, and it'll be talked about at the owners' meeting next month. Oh, we're in September. Sorry, this month, September twentieth in New York. It'll be on the agenda, and one of those things they'll discuss.
I, I just I just think that that's again we we just talking over here with the NBA, but this is gonna I can see this big time in the NFL. I can see it happening in baseball. Any, anywhere people are struggling to get out of these positions, they would welcome the opportunity to have some sort of vehicle to to do so to sell because right now it's very hard to sell out. This has been the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scott Soschnick, and we miss you, Evan Novi Williams. Well, good luck with the phone. We are here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We explore the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with the U.S. Open is going on. Lou Scher, the Chief Revenue Officer of the United States Tennis Association. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online where you get your podcasts.